Hi everyone, it's Joaquim Makren, your host of the Elite Game Developers Podcast, a podcast about the entrepreneurs and investors who are building the games companies of the future. In this podcast episode, I'm talking with Ismet Kokshen, who is a general partner at Ludus Ventures, a venture firm that is investing in early stage games companies with many deals done in their home country of Turkey. In this episode, we talk with Ismet about the Turkish gaming ecosystem, why things are going so well for the companies there, what the future looks like, and what Ismet has learned about investing in gaming. We're live. Hi, Ismet. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Joachim. It's nice to be here. It's great. We're going to have so many cool things to discuss today. There's the big deals happening this week in gaming, the biggest ever. I think this podcast will come out in early February, so there might be even bigger ones announced by then. (laughs) Hopefully. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, The the developments are insane, so (laughs) I cannot imagine what's going to be happening next. But it's good. It's good times. Uh, To kick this discussion off, can you introduce yourself? shortly and how you got into investing in yes sure sure again my name is Smet, and now i'm working as a managing partner at ludus ventures my career journey actually started on the corporate side of the business i worked several years in digital marketing departments of the firms like uh, coca-cola company pfizer pharmaceuticals i was responsible for digital media plans and i was keep receiving debriefs in search and orders campaign requests from gaming companies for us to advertise in there and i was like Really? Everybody plays mobile games? I think only children plays it. And I just started to dig internet and started to look at some data. And I was like, wow, everybody plays it. (laughs) And then my passion for mobile gaming actually started and became inevitable. So I shifted uh, to the fun side of the business and started to work in Ad Colony. Probably most of the people know Ad Colony, but for those who don't know, it was one of the biggest mobile ad networks in the worldwide and Ad Colony recently acquired by Digital Turbine. So basically I worked several positions in there from brand to performance marketing, publisher to demand side, programmatic to IO. Basically I have done everything related with mobile gaming ecosystem actually. To give a bit story about Ludus and how I got here is actually a good one. The investors of Rolic Games, which is acquired by Zynga like two years ago, uh, Volkan Emre and Mehmet, the main investors of Rolic Games, uh, were also ex-Adcolony executives. So after the acquisition, we have discussed a lot of what we can do in the future because we all knew the Turkish gaming ecosystem was booming. We believe there is uh, a lot to grow. And if you look the recent news, we were right. <laughs> we were right yeah. about it. So with their participation and with, with some other LPs, we raised $30 million, founded Ludus, and started to invest in gaming. Nice. That's really cool. I think you're you're definitely in the hottest uh, place for, for mobile gaming at this stage in Turkey. Couldn't be a better time. Can you tell more about like Ludus and how you invest? As Ludus Ventures, we are investing in early stage gaming studios. Uh, our initial fund size is $30 million. Again, uh, as I mentioned previous question, we raised our fund from five main parties, three LPs, like ex-investors of Rolic Games and two institutional investors. We don't have any restrictions, by the way. We have invested five from Turkey, two from APAC, one Finland, one US, one Russia. So we are, again, we can invest anywhere in the world, depending on the opportunity itself. We have two models. 
Now, first, we can act like a venture studio, which allows us to invest even ground zero. But we are prim primarily investing with a venture studio model in Turkey. And also our core model, we are acting like a gaming dedicated VC. Our ticket size starts from 250K, we can go up to 2 million. And again, one last thing to mention, our team consists of 13 people and each team member, including myself, including our LPs, we all coming from gaming background. So that's why I think uh, we are smart money, uh, relatively smart money in the industry, I can say. Just a like, quick tangent here, asking about the, the venture studio model. Like, have you done that already with some gaming companies? Yes, yes. Actually, we have done three. Can you tell me more about like how that's working? Because I've actually looked into the to the whole venture studio model at some point. Because I'm doing a lot of investing work. I'm thinking about incubators, accelerators. So venture studio is is sort of like a format to that. Can Can you tell me more about how it's been yep, working? Sure. Actually, we and also our LPs are quite happy about it. So what we have done is we just have the teams, we just have the co-founders. So we help them to build company from every every side of it, like technical, incorporation, whatever you call it. We help them for, for recruiting. We help them to develop to like suitable strategy, et cetera, et cetera. Now, of course, it's a little bit challenging because it requires more operational and, and, and executional support. So it took a lot of, efforts from from my team but again it's also commercially makes sense for a vc because again you will be benefiting from a little bit lower valuation and you will be early entrant entrant and parts for a company so yeah we're quite happy about it again we have done three of them and they are still ongoing and one of them is actually oh no actually all of them is quite quite promising really cool to hear Let, let's talk a bit more about the the turkish gaming sector and what has happened in the last two years during the pandemic with the, the Turkish game industry? I think like Turkish gaming ecosystem was booming last five years, right? It, mm. it, it showed some signals like five years ago. And if you look peak games, like Rolex games, we, we had some movements there. But of course, in last two years, it's, it's going insane. I can say three main things. First, talent shift. Uh, due to financial modeling like every country in the world pandemic affected so the the businesses earning us dollar like international currency has a competitive advantage compared to local businesses so which resulted good talent from top tier it companies to shift gaming and also the youth talent graduating from from universities also start to work in there. So, because again, all gaming companies has a target market, which is US and tier one countries and they are earning US dollars. So that's one thing, like talent shift is a, is a very, very critic. Second one is, I think everybody says that and there's no issue that I can say it as well, earnout periods. So there were good co-founders and they didn't exit. And now their earnout periods and restrictions about their former former employees are ending. So they are started to build up new startups with a good track record. And it's also additional thing why we're seeing huge boom in our industry. And third one is international investor appetite. Um, like if you look Turkish ecosystem like three years ago, four years ago, you, you won't be seeing any gaming, international gaming VCs investing on here. But if you look last year, Griffin, Maker, Maker Funds, like Index Ventures, everybody wants to invest it. And also it's uh, another point because international VCs not coming with 
purely money, but they're also coming with their expertise. So again, like I think three main things make things really hot in Turkey. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm I'm trying to come over actually later this year to, to visit you guys there. Yeah, let's let's do a mini event if you want. <laughs> this is a, actually a shout out to Mishka, the deconstructor, who's who's actually doing this deconstructor fun event there in Turkey. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I, I wanted to ask you, like, I think this is what I've been thinking a lot about is like the secret sauce of Turkey for gaming. What would you export from the Turkish industry and what would you sort of like import from outside of Turkey to the country regarding the games industry? That's a very good question. So again, on the export side, now like three main things, I guess. Um, First, Speed of execution in Turkey is something extraordinary. Our mm. Turkish job culture and way of working resonates, sprint way of working, like jobs need to be done quickly, iterated fast, suits the Turkish people very well. So if you look to hypercasual studios in Turkey, they are able to come up a hypercasual prototype in three days, which, which enables a studio with a team of 10 people. 10 prototypes each month, right? And our Ludus database shows there are 50 gaming studios uh, exists in Turkey and 70% of them like hypercasual. If you multiply that number with 10, you can assume how much new games are actually releasing weekly basis. And yeah, that's that's one thing that Turkey is very powerful, speed of execution. And, and again, like another asset here is the talent pool. I mentioned previous question, right? There were really good talents are shifting from, from other industries to, to gaming. So it's something also, it can be exported. And last thing I can say is our expertise and knowledge on UA and monetization. I, I do believe we have really, really strong marketing things in here. For example, if you look at the top charts, you will see a lot of games from Turkish publisher. For example, App Any like published their report last year. You will see high heels from Rolik in many countries, top five. And again, like Rolik, Peaks, Dreams, Success are proof of it. We are seeing ad networks having a headquarter or regional office in Turkey as well. So yeah, like third, third thing that I can say is expertise on UA on monetization. And like importing, that, that's also a really good thing. And that's something that we are trying to do as well. I think we need more global perspective, you know, like because, because investing is quite new for, for Turkish companies. So they should be thinking about their investment strategies for next rounds, how they form up their global, global investment strategies, etc. So a global, having a global vision, it's, it's really important and having a, a long-term plan, again, it's, it's important. And last thing is, we are criticized a lot in a lot of podcasts or articles. We know Turkey is good on soft categories like hypercasual casual puzzle, etc. So I do believe we have still room to grow mid-core genres, which requires entirely different sense. And I think like countries like Finland, the US are really, really strong for, for that specific genres. Yeah, I've actually been writing a, an article for my newsletter on making these big games. And I, I definitely agree that the key is the, the execution, like having a velocity that really cuts a lot of corners to actually get into the market and get the data as soon as possible. And uh, yeah, I totally agree. You got, let's find out the way to export the, the speed yeah. of execution. Then thinking about your journey into VC, what have been some big learnings that 
you're thinking about from from your like few years of doing this VC job? We have learned a lot, to be honest, and we're still learning. And I think it's a process. But I can mention a couple of things. Like my favorite one is Murphy Law really exists, you know. Yeah. For those who doesn't know, like I really like first three laws of it. Like first one is anything that can go wrong will go wrong, right? Mm-hmm. It's I think it's a, it's a very applicable law in, in, in gaming ecosystem, right? I don't want to be pessimistic, but if I look at our portfolio, like if there's a small chance something can go wrong, like in, in technical side, creative side, it's going wrong. So you need to be prepared for the risk. And second thing is nothing is as easy as it looks. So that's a shout out to young developers in Turkey, because especially most of them are really passionate about their games. And I don't want to say that way, but they're confident too much, you know, like we're investing on early stages, and sometimes I'm seeing the guy wants to create a mid-core game in three months. So yeah, you're good, but it's not that easy. So don't under- underestimate. And third one is, third love is everything takes longer than you think. It are something that we have been observed in our VC journey. And individual opinions, including my, including any expert in the field, and, and ideas do not matter, public opinion does. So I think it's it's really important because I'm also doing, sometimes doing it as a, as a VC or as a board member of a gaming company. Sometimes you're playing a game and you're giving revisions, you're give, giving feedbacks. I don't think you should be doing it because we are a very small portion of general world population. So I think it, it's, it's really important to rely on data when a commenting game. So that will be, Two, two learnings from my side. Murphy law exists and individual ideas do not matter. That's so important, like that, that giving the product feedback. You have the actual users who will vote if the game works by not showing up or showing up. And that's, that's all that matters. Exactly, exactly. So cool. Then thinking about like your work with games companies and doing this now for a while as an investor, what have been the, the characteristics of successful founders that you've seen in gaming? I think it's, it's pretty clear and obvious, right? Also, I'm seeing you're sharing some stuff from your LinkedIn, always about it, like characteristic of founders. And, and I'm, I'm 100% agree what you're saying in your LinkedIn post, you know, like, and I'm going to say very parallel things to that. First, passion, right? Like, this industry, you cannot survive just purely for finance, financial incentives. And second one is continuous development and improvement because your, your knowledge could be not valid next year. Think about what happened on iOS 15, right? Your UI strategies is not applicable for this year. So second thing is that. And third one is like persistent, right? Like know how to stand up by yourself because you're going to crumble right it's the the ecosystem is really hard and and you cannot be profitable in one year period of time so you need to be really persistent and resilient and fourth thing is being a perceptive and open to feedback and last thing uh, should be uh, data oriented but enough data oriented so i don't i'm not saying that you need to scroll down data every single minute you need to be data oriented the, the time that you need to be so yeah that's the main uh, characteristics when I look at my co-founders of what happened in the industry. Got it. Got it. That's the really good input there. The, thinking about the the whole like startup, gaming startup ecosystem, 
pretty much all over the world. You have like a a long tail of startups, only 1% gets funding or less than 1%. (laughs) Um, But sort of a lot of my time goes at looking at my LinkedIn inbox where I have messages from founders who are passionate about making games. And that passion definitely shows how they present things and what they want to do to, to make it. But like for all these inexperienced teams, what have you seen them being able to elevate themselves from not being in the 1% to actually go there without having all this vast experience? Yep. So I agree. Like having an impressive background, it's it's a huge asset. And I think this is one of the main reasons Dream, Spikey got a huge amount of valuations and investments because it's it makes a lot of things easier. That said so, sometimes you can compensate some, some sort of things without having an experience. I will tell you why. For example, you can create a really good portfolio or designs before going on investments or VC. Or uh, you can show us the person in front of us who is very enthusiastic, knowledgeable about the projects, even though they don't have any related experience of it. And also the genre that you are going to do is very important, right? So if you're coming to me and saying that, oh, I'm going to do a AAA PC game, it's a must, right? You cannot shift our our opinion without any relevant experience. But like publishing, mobile, casual, puzzle, etc. It's something that you can, can. And then one thing to mention also as well, you can always work with advisors. I think it's something that is not very commonly doing because you don't need to have 10 years of experience. Let's say that you have three or four years experience. And if you form up a really good board of advisors, you can survive, you can easily get an investment. So you can compensate that experience gap with adding right people in your team. It doesn't need to be full-time employee, but you can reach out, right contacts as an advisor. So yeah, I'm, 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 100% 100% agree experience is, is, is important, but you can you can become venture backable by determining the right development areas. Yeah, I think one thing to add there from my side is like, yes, having those advisors helps. And then what the founders need to do is just they need to work really hard to actually push things forward. It's, it's not going to happen on its own. And if you're not becoming smarter when you're getting a lot of advice and there, that kind of traction isn't there, then it's going to be super hard. But if, if you are actually moving in into a direction where you should be with a more experienced team, I think that's, that's how I've seen like inexperienced teams actually like win those funding rounds. 100% agree. 100% agree. Another hot topic besides Turkey, uh, the blockchain stuff that is happening now with blockchain games. How has Ludus been involved in blockchain gaming and are you personally spending a lot of time looking into that space and what about turkey and some promising blockchain startups coming from there yeah um so personally i'm not against blockchain right just to be transparent i have a lot of investments in many crypto assets i cannot say that i'm a good investor you know like sometimes i'm losing a lot uh said so Ludus, we are approaching a bit conservative at that space. Uh, we haven't invested in, we are willing to do, but our target is two seed investments in a year. So it, it's, it's not going to be exceeding 20% of our, our total portfolio. Our, because our approach is, uh, instead of talking and guiding, 
we really prefer to listen in, in this subgenre of gaming because our expertise in, in gaming, especially in mobile gaming, it's very strong. But outside of this, we want to align, partner with other experts, VCs on decision-making because, you know, it's, it's very deep industry. Like there's a lot of going on, new technologies, new projects every single day. So I agree there's a lot of going on there. But... It's important to evaluate the opportunity. So that's why we tend to listen a lot what others are saying because there's a huge chance to burn your investments. Uh, for example, in last year, uh, we saw really good promising projects. I think like 40, 45 uh, new pitch decks we have received for that specific category. But also we saw a lot of unsuccessful companies and co-founders who couldn't raise money before, but to leverage this hype, they're adding like small components like, play to earn NFT and, and let's say that play to earn elements and they're just trying to try their luck again and just because of this app they're trying to raise additional money so it's something that we don't want to do and we don't want to burn on that one and also one thing that we are recommending is uh, if you're doing something really good like for example if you're a really good merge to game development please don't mess up with that you can try and look that category as experimental or vertical to grow but if you're good at something don't broke it so that's our idea and, and understanding about it it's very very early stage i can say to you our industry is still trying to create an expertise and knowledge around it there are initiatives for example there's a company called matrak and there's a, like small startups are trying to do good stuff uh, but I, I do believe you're still behind tier one in the tier one markets like us or, or, or other tier one markets around the world so yeah we are quite early stage and early phase of it that is like opinionated the whole blockchain gaming thing in in the traditional games industry you have like very polarized that some people are embracing and trying to understand listen and learn but then the, the other half doesn't really want to do any like to be involved in any way possible with this like how do you see like the just when you're talking to people who are doing hyper casual, who are doing casual mobile, are they more embracing it? The whole concept of having this blockchain thing coming up. What I can say is there are a lot of speech, but uh, not that much action. I'm talking yeah. about Turkish markets. So everybody has some idea about it, but I think the most of the studios in here are, are waiting a little bit because, because like current mobile games is, is still very profitable. A lot of studios. So I don't believe they have enough proof or, or market or opportunity to sh entirely shift their business. So that's my opinion about this market. But who knows, like the market is, is very dynamic and we may tell a completely different story when this podcast published. But again, like it's, it's something what's happening right now. A lot of talk, a lot of speech, but very, very little action. I mean, like 1% at maximum in Turkey. Yeah, got it. Hey, before we go to the to the final questions here, I, I wanted to hear about the future plans for Ludus and where you are putting your attention to. 
so I believe the gaming ecosystem needs more early stage investment compared to other industries, right? Invest game is tracking these numbers very, very good. Based on their latest reports, I think like later stage deals continue to be main contributor, like 72%. Early stage deals accounted for like uh, 28% at, at total. Whereas if you look these numbers on, on general VC investments, it's 95 to 5%. So what happening in our industry is there's a huge focus on early stage investments because the studios studios need it. So that's why we want to keep our first one, first fund uh, on early stage gaming, pre-seed, seed. And we want to keep our percentage 8% mobile versus 20% other split. So 8, 8 mobile, 20% split. So we don't want to change it. And again, we want to keep... 50 Turkey, 50 non-Turkey split as well. So, so that's that will be our main strategy for, for the next two years. And I believe uh, $30 million will be enough for us at the end of 2023. So that's, that's something that we are planning. Just to tease a little bit, we have started to work on our second fund. We have been all, already talking a lot of people about it. Uh, we are planning to use it uh, our follow-on investments and 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 stages beyond seed again because our our first one we only did pre-seed and seed so we are planning to use that second fund series a and later stages but again uh, we don't have any rush so we are just want to form up our new fund with with right lps because we're quite happy how we are working at, at, at that now so we don't want to take all the money that we can so because again we don't have any rush nice nice that's really cool Hey, let's go to some final questions here, Ismet. Can you name your favorite book and why? Yes, sure. So to be honest, like reading a book, it's it's like a fun thing for me. So I'm not a very fan of reading personal development or business related, related books, to be honest. And that's why I'm a little bit novel guy. My favorite book is The Brothers Karamazov because I, I really like Dostoevsky's style. So yeah, it's it's the book that I can read every single year. Yeah, I need to pick that up. Do, do you have a story that has shaped you in how you approach your work today? Yeah, I have one. But unfortunately, I couldn't disclose the employee name and what, what happened. But what happened is... I messed up so bad, you know, and and my company was was so close to be sued. About it, it, if they have been sued, uh, probably it will be it it would be the multi million dollar <laughs> lawsuit or something like that. So so yeah, I, I did a big mistake, and I had two chances. You know, I can resign and just leave everything as as it is. But there's a second option, which I, I could take full responsibility and try to fix it. So easy way, hard way. Uh, but I'm not saying one of them is right or wrong. I took the, took the second one and I, and I prefer to fight and take the responsibility, take the consequences. And eventually it ended well for, for, for everybody. So, so that specific event always proves me that uh, you need to try and, and you need to just just don't leave it as, it as it is. Like running away, it's not going to solve, especially in business. Yeah. 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 That, that really applies to so many things where things look <laughs> like they're going really wrong, but you can always fight to live another day. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, Ismet, this was really, really good. So much good knowledge to to be shared to folks but the the last question would be like if there's people out there who want to reach out to you 
to talk to you about Ludus and stuff. What, what's the best way to get in contact with you? So they can reach out from our website, like ludus.vc. But my most favorite way of communicating is actually LinkedIn. So if anybody wants to reach out to us, please just send a message from, from LinkedIn. It can be related with investment. It can be related to exchange opinions and ideas. We are always open because I believe uh, this ecosystem is built of partnerships. So yeah, LinkedIn would be, I think, the most suitable channel. Yeah, that's good. Hey, thanks, Ismet. This was so great. So many cool things. I, I'm still going to be listening to this recording a few times to pick up everything you said. There was so much cool, <laughs> cool insight there. So thank you, sir, for this, this recording. It was a pleasure to, to be here. Thank you as well. Thanks. Hey, take care. See you, man. Bye. Bye bye. If you like our content, please hit follow or subscribe to our show on your favorite podcasting app so that you'll get notified when next week's episode is available. And in the meantime, please go and check out our website at elitegamedevelopers.com and sign up for our weekly newsletter on what's happening in gaming startups. See you next time, guys. Bye-bye.